loves being in church. I really sense there's a real spirit of faith in the room this morning. Maybe God will keep speaking. I think God will keep speaking. And uh, uh, thank you to the keyboards. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you got a seat. Do you mind staying with me as I preach? Is that all right? You're just so good. You're really anointed for this. Yeah, 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 that's very good. Um, man, it's such a great atmosphere here. Like, like I said, my name is Byron, and uh, I've got a beautiful wife and kids, and we come from Wellington. I pastor a church there called Equipus Church, and uh, I'm originally South African. And um, yeah, thank you. Oh my gosh, thank you. Thank you. That's too far underappreciated in too many environments, but here, that's incredible. And uh, so, so I'm, I'm always partial to some Cook Sisters or Milk Tart, and so I'm here for the rest of Sunday, so I'll give you some of you some time to get that sorted for me. Um, thank you. No, that's not a joke. And uh, so um, uh, it's great to be here. And so uh, th- this, this morning I want to preach, I want to preach on, um, I, I want to speak on re- revival, the, the topic of kind of revival and awakening. Uh, at the beginning of, of 2023 this year, uh, I, I, um, so I'm part of kind of a group of churches, and, and the guy who leads us, Sam, he, he, he said to me, Brian, over, over December, over January, we'd like, to, like us all to preach on revival. And I thought, actually, that's cool. That's a cool topic. There's some cool revivals in history and, and some cool things that have happened. And uh, I, I, like, I like church history and I like looking over that kind of thing. And, and so I, I, in my summer break over December, January, I, I, got, I downloaded some books and um, and started reading, and but probably probably the most profound, profound journey I had, God really arrested my heart in in that His His desire for a spiritual awakening and revival is is more fascinating and moving and compelling than what I read in books about revival, and so the Bible is actually just such a powerful transcript over that time that moved me to the point where I said, God, this year I want to see an awakening wherever I go. And so today I pray already like your heart's been been kind of alive to the things of God and, and alert because God's going to continue to move in this place. And so I want to speak on the, the theme of revival and awakening. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to see what happens to, this morning. Is that all right? Father, we just take a moment right now. We give you glory for what you've done and who you are. You're a great God. And there's no, no thing that can, that can stand, uh, Lord, in the presence of a great God. There's no opposition, no spirit, no complexity, not even a mountain can stand in the way of your glory. And so we call your glory into this place and we ask you to move in a powerful way. Lord, I thank you that we can have joy in the service this morning because your word can change everything. And so we rely on your word we 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 honor your word and we welcome your presence to lead us into all truth in Jesus name amen amen um very good you know in in order to in order to experience revival and an awakening uh we we've got to first and foremost uh, assess our own heart and our own spirituality sometimes we we do that and, and it's really about us uh, selfishly because we feel like we are in a dry place. But a revival is different to just Christians 
uh, going, man, I've been in a dry place. I've got to get back to, to God. This is really where God comes and he, he stirs a hunger and a desire and the conditions get just right in, a, in, a, in amongst a group of people and it begins in the church. It's a revival. And so it's a reviving of that which has grown cold and dead and dry. And so God revives his people and it begins in the house of God with the people of God and it spreads to the city. And there's been so many different, many, many accounts of revival through history. Uh, but it begins with the people of God assessing their own heart. And that's what we're going to do today. That's what we're going to look in and go, God, what's happening here? Uh, a, a, good, a Bible teacher who has been real instrumental in my development as a pastor and as a Christian. His name is Tim Keller. And, and he says uh, that, that the, a revival, revival really affects three groups of people. Primarily, it's one, sleepy Christians wake up. Nominal Christians get converted. And hard-to-reach hard to people get, get dramatically saved. And so... This is, this is what I long for is that sleepy Christians wake up, that nominal Christians get converted. Nominal, I'll, I'll, I'll jump there in a minute, but hard to reach people get converted. For a sleepy Christian, for one reason or another, the conditions have been so that maybe you've been on a long journey and then the, that with the conditions have converged to start to put your soul asleep. And, uh, and while your faculties are awake, your, your mind, your, your activities, your soul begins to go into a place of rest and, and, and you're dull. You don't hear the things you should hear. You don't feel the things you should feel because you're spiritually asleep. And God, God desires to wake those Christians up. Nominal Christians get converted. Nominal means we accept the name, we accept the benefits, the, the responsibilities and the rights of Christianity, but it's not a deep conversion of the soul. It's that we, we, we've heard the claims of Christianity and faith and, and, and for one reason or another, it's, it's piqued our interest. That we all are inwardly ambitious for what we want. Maybe it's health, maybe it's a season of life, and, or maybe it's a condition, maybe it's prosperity, whatever it is, maybe it's blessing on your family. We're all personally ambitious for something. A nominal Christian has, has been clear about their ambition and heard about the good news of Jesus Christ and thought that Jesus is a way of getting what they've always been personally ambitious for, but it's not been a conversion of the soul. And it's, it's, it's fairly understandable what, an unchurched, an unsaved person would be like and for God to grab them. Revival is needed because of sleepy and nominal Christianity. And a little while ago, I was, I was in prayer and I was just saying, God, I, I want to see some power. I want to see, I want to see ministry of, of, of healing and restoration. And God, I'm just so desperate for it. And I, I just felt the Holy Spirit drop this word in my spirit. He said, Brian, you've got to get past being dispassionate. And I was like, I think I know what that means. And I looked it up, and the dictionary definition means uh, not moved by strong emotion. And I was like, man, that's, 
you got me. You got me. Brian, you're not moved by strong emotion. I mean, you're there, but a sleepy person is dispassionate. They've been overwhelmed by their tiredness and, and, and the rest, but they're not moved by strong emotion towards the, the presence of God. Maybe the Word of God. Byron, you're dispassionate about the Word of God. You, you know it's important. You know there's value in it. You know there should be good routines around it, but you're no longer moved by strong emotion for it. The house of God, you're dispassionate. You know it's important. You know there should be good routines around it. You know you want to give it to the next generation, but you are personally not moved by strong emotion for the house of God. You used to be. You used to be, but no longer moved. There's no longer a grief. There's no longer a sorrow. There's no longer a joy. You're not moved by, by strong emotion for the things of God. And we, and we can so easily become nominal. We can become sleepy. A revivalist by the name of Leonard Ravenhill, he said this, that he said that the enemy gives us entertainment to rob us of joy. And there's so many people who are, who are living life entertained, but without the joy that God promises and has for his people. And the enemy will do whatever he can, even with this generation and with you and I in the room to entertain us, to give us ambitions about furthering our life and our lifestyle, to entertain us with people and family and friends, yet rob us of joy. So today I really want you to think about the condition of your own heart. Are you living awake? Are you living revived? Are you moved by strong emotion for the things of God? Are you moved by strong emotion for the things of God? You know, the, uh, an additional challenge with that is that people would be in relationship with God and, and there's, no, there's no longer, there's no longer highs and there's no longer lows. I mean, let me explain. Like this, this, regardless of what songs are playing and who's in the room, you're, you're unable to get to that high place in worship and connection and, and praising God. And friend, your heart needs reviving. It's not just that, but you're, you're unable to get into that low place of grief over your sin, sorrow that you've chosen the world over over Jesus. I'm not talking about an emotional low. I'm talking about a grief that you've chosen sin over Christ. This, there's no longer a mourning because you've chosen the world over the things of God. So there's no highs. There's no worship that moves you strongly. There's no low. There's no grief over your sin. There's no mourning over your choices and your lifestyle. Friend, revival is needed. You see, what I came to realize and what shook me over that time, over Christmas reading and getting through the Bible is that revival is not just this nice idea where, where, where it's like a high time for church and Christians. You know, that, that's, that's not what it is. It's, revival is critical. 
It's critical that God would awaken a sleepy, nominal Christian for the sake of a world that needs him. It's critical. Like, like we, we can't move on without it. Like we've got to address the fact that we're not having highs in God, that there's no deep worship high praise, great enjoyment in the presence of God. And there's no longer a a deep sorrow and a mourning over our sin. We've got to address that we're neither high and we're neither low, but we exist. The, the, The cost of living that way is far too high. That's what the Bible says. This is Jesus speaking. In Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21, Jesus says to me, says to me, says to us, That not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father. On that day, you'll say to me, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name and do a great many miracles in your name? And I will say to you, depart from me, for I never knew you. That for me is one of the most sobering scriptures in text. Because like, so, so back then, there were, there were many rabbis. Jesus was one of many rabbis, teachers, people who you would follow and learn scriptures and things about God. And, and when, when that rabbi was your rabbi, the one you were following, you, you'd refer to a lot of them as, as that, that, there's Lord, Lord, come over here, teach these people. But when it's your rabbi, you'd say, Lord, Lord. It was, it was a statement of, of connection and relationship and ownership that that rabbi had you and was responsible for you. Lord, Lord. And he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Then he goes on to say, so, so he's breaking this mindset. He goes on to say, on the... Many will say to me on that day, God, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name and did a great many miracles in your name. Now that, that for me changes a lot. That, that while living this life, I've heard the voice of God. I've been able to cast out demons and, and do miracles but he will turn to me and say, depart from me, I never knew you. You is who he wants. Not the work, not the wonders, not the miracles, he wants you. He wants you. And so, so, and so we can say, well, you know, I just don't see any miracles here, what's happening. And I go, friend, that's, even if we did see a whole bunch of miracles and prophecies and signs and wonders, God still wants you. So so the real risk of us not having revival, not awakening our souls, is that we would would think that we're in relation. We would say, Lord, Lord, all our lives. It gets to a day where he will say, depart from me. I never knew you. It's the high cost of not having God awaken our souls. And do something where, where we know Him and we're having high highs and low lows and experiencing it all. 
in this life in relationship with Him. I want to I take you today to a passage of Scripture we're going to look at together in 1 Samuel chapter 7. And uh, it just helps us with the, the what do you do. It's like, okay, Byron, you, you got my attention. What do we do? What happens from this point on? Good question. This would have been a pretty weird ending to my sermon if you didn't ask, so I appreciate you asking. 1 Samuel chapter 7. And, uh, and let's have a read and I'll explain some context. 1 Samuel chapter 7, and I'm reading from the New King James. Oh, it's up there, so good. Then the, ma- then the men of Kirjath, Jerim, Oh man, sometimes I just think my, my job's real hard, man. I don't know what, what, what you work in, but this is, this is hard work, man. Kirjath, Jerim. Okay, whatever, man. Came and took the ark of the Lord and brought it into the house of Abinadab on the hill and consecrated Eleazar, the son, his son, to keep the ark of the Lord. So it was that the ark remained in Kirjath Jerim a long time. It was there 20 years. And all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. Can I, can I say that they had lost the presence of God by the ark, through the ark of the covenant. And, and it was the strength of the people. It was the strength of a nation. It was when they were most revived, alive. And they had brought it back. They had mourned for 20 years asking God to move. The Spirit of God was close again. They had got it back. But they had, they had mourned for 20 years. You know what I think fascinating, before we read on, what I think fascinating about this is that God can be close. But you can still not feel Him. That's what we're talking about here today is that for 20 years, God was, God was right back with them. The Ark of the Covenant was there at this dude's house, but they were still crying out for a move of God. They lamented after the Lord. Verse three, then Samuel spoke to all the house of Israel saying, if you return to the Lord with all your hearts, then, then, Put away the foreign gods and the Ashretoths from among you and prepare your hearts for the Lord and serve Him only. And He will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. So the children of Israel put away the Baals and the Ashtaroths and serve the Lord only. This is what... This is the so what. So, so what do we do now? What, like, how do we respond? They wanted revival. The, the Spirit of God was close. They felt the conviction. They needed the help. And Samuel comes and he says this. He says this. Then Samuel spoke to the house of Israel and said, if you return to the Lord with all of your heart. There's an acknowledgement that, that it's been a partial faith. It's like some of your heart is given to God. There's a nominalism that's come in and, and, and you're happy to get all the benefits of being in relationship with Him without any, without any price to pay. There's nothing dying. There's nothing burning in your life. There's nothing on the altar. Well, Samuel says it's time for your whole heart. 
It's time for you to, to have an altar moment and put it all before him and say, God, this is yours, not mine. It's no longer I who live. I've been crucified with Christ. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. Come on, man. Come on. God wants you. It's time for your whole heart to be back with your God. And he says this, he says that with your whole heart, return to the Lord. Then, then put away the foreign gods and the ash retort. So I, I was, I, I got saved like 20 odd years ago, right? I know this is shocking to you because I look 16. It was not a joke. It's an observation of what's happening in your heart. Um, 20 odd years ago, I got saved, like 20, 25 years ago, whatever it was. And, and uh I, like it was, it was wild times, man. <laughs> like, it was, like I look back now and I'm like, oh, that was embarrassing times, but it was wild times. Because like when people got saved, some of you will remember this, some of you, I need to explain. Like when you got saved, you got saved on a Sunday and it was radical. Like, like I remember my dad getting saved and he was, he was like addicted to stuff. He was emotionally all over the place and it just caused a whole bunch of stuff in our house and it was a whole bunch of things and um but i remember him radically saved and i didn't know jesus and he was like hey i've become a christian i'm like cool what does that mean he's like yeah i'm a christian we follow jesus and we're going to church on sunday i'm like cool that's cool it was a church like this it was a cool church to be in and so we went along and and that was cool but but that wasn't it. What happened next is that he was like, so I'm a Christian now. And so we're going to have to look through your music. We had CDs and tapes. We're going to have to look through your music and we're going to have to throw some things out. I'm like, what? Like these started like chucking stuff out. Remember those days? Like people were so radically saved that they started burning the contents of your house. Like, I can't believe you've got like a Britney Spears poster on the wall. Get that down. You know, it wasn't me, it was my sister's room. Don't judge, first of all, don't judge me. Okay, she, she sang some wholesome stuff at one point. All right, don't judge me. And, um, and like we were burning posters, we were burning music. I was like, what is going on here? And I remember the pastor coming around one time and, and uh, my, my whole family were still in South Africa, my mom's my, my dad's mom and, and all this stuff and they had sent us little little African animal things and to remember back home the pastor came in and he goes the spirit of God the spirit of evil could come through that thing I'm like what that's just made out it was out man it was burning there was no room for anything coming into our house man it was like you got saved you, you, like it was the story it was like whole heart to God yeah that's cool now go put away the bowels and the ashrotoths I reckon we need some radical conversions where we're not just looking at things and, and, and ornamental things in our house, but we're looking at, a, at the commitments of our heart and going, well, it's time that went on the altar and that went in the fire. That we started to look at some of the pursuits of our heart, even if we think we, we deserve them and we worked hard for them, it's time to get rid of them because they're robbing us. Because one day God will say to us, yeah, I knew you were, were running for that thing. I knew you owned that thing. But that thing owned you, and that thing led you, 
And I never knew you, friend. That would be the most devastating day of your life. Think of the worst day you've had up until this point. The most devastating thing would be for you to stand before a righteous God and not be granted access into eternal relationship with Him. That would be the most devastating day of your life. It's not worth it. It's better to get a new heart than a new car. It's better to get a new heart than a new home. It's better to get a new heart and a new life than to get new shoes. Come on, it's going to minister to somebody today. It's better to get a new heart. Friend, where's your heart at today? You thought you needed new, but right now you need God. I haven't even looked at time one time. Okay, so we've still got another two hours. Is that right? Yeah, that's cool. Can we lock the doors, please? Thank you. I'm about to, I'm about to land this. And, but today I'm asking you, friend, how's your heart? Where are you at with Jesus Christ? Where are you at personally? Sometimes, like, like the disciples in Matthew chapter 7, we, we, can, we can be living in such complexity and, and pace that we think, God, I hope, you, I hope you're seeing what I'm doing and where I'm going and, and what I'm offering to you. And he says, well, I don't know you. And so the moments like these are about getting to the point of, does God know you? Or have you lost yourself somewhere in the complexity of life? Friend, revival can come to your heart today, an awakening. God loves you, friend. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. See, one of the things I believe is that this phrase has been lost in our society, the potency of it. But here it is, God loves you. He loves you. Would you, let that, would you let that just rock your heart for a moment? God, He loves you. He loves you so much that He gave His one and only Son. Seems crazy to me. But He gave His only Son that you would have eternal life. How's your heart? In a moment, I'm going to ask people to stand and respond to him. And I want you to do it with your whole heart. And then I want you to take some time after today and, and just assess your, your, your life. Because when they cried out and said, man, God's close, but we don't feel him. God's close and we're not experiencing his blessing and his favor in our lives. What do we do? Samuel came and he says, well, return to the Lord with your whole heart and then go away and put away the foreign gods, the things that, that you're running after, the commitments of your heart. Put them away, get rid of them and prepare your hearts for the Lord and serve him only. And he'll deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. And so today we're gonna, we're going to offer our hearts to God. Are you with me? Yeah. Would you stand with me this morning, church? First, this is what I, I want to do this morning. If you're in this place and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I sense there are people here today that you know you're here, but you're far from God. Friend, the truth is this, is, is that you're not just having some bad days and a bad week. There's sin that's growing in and around you that you need rescuing from. And Jesus has made it possible 
for you to be rescued. The Bible says this, Jesus speaking. He says, he who commits sin is a slave to sin. Like you think, you think about that, is that, 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 that slavery is such as that there is the slave and there is the slave master. And the master dictates how the slave will live and work and be every day. And Jesus says, he who commits sin is a slave to sin. Friend, your sin is ruling you today and God wants to rescue you. He wants to snatch you from the fire of that, that, that destruction and that path and he wants to heal your heart and restore to you a relationship with the Father. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, I want you to respond in a moment. Maybe you, maybe you have at one point, but right now you feel at a distance from Him. I'm going to ask you in a moment to respond as well because the truth may be the same of you. But we're going to give our lives to Jesus Christ first and foremost this morning. Is that right? Come on, every eye closed, every person thinking about themselves. Would you do that this morning, church? Would you think about your own heart? Friend, if you're here today and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, or maybe you've lost something along the way that's caused you to drift into dangerous territory and you know it. And I want you to respond quickly. Raise your hand where you are. I'll acknowledge it. I'll get you to put it down, but I'm going to include you in this closing prayer. Come on, if that's you, would you lift your hand nice and quickly, nice and high. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Somebody else in this place needs to respond. God bless you. God bless you, man. Somebody else. Yes, somebody include me in this prayer. Well, give me a wave. I need to see your hand. This is you just acknowledging that you want God's presence to move in you. Thank God bless you. Thank you so much. Somebody else in this place. Yeah, God bless you. Somebody else. God bless you. Would you do that right now? Would you respond to God? Don't wait. Don't hesitate. This is so important. This is everything. To be right with God. Would you respond to Him by lifting your hand? Come on, maybe young person. You know, it's time to give your life to Jesus Christ. Would you do that right now? Would you lift your hand where you are? Yeah, God bless you. Somebody else in this place. Come on, would you just respond to God? He's moving. The Spirit of God's moving. Somebody's processing this in their mind, and it's difficult, but your heart knows it's the right thing to do. God made you. He loves you. Would you respond to Him this morning, friend? Would you lift your hand where you are? Awesome. Yeah, God bless you. God bless you. Somebody else. So good. So many people making response to Jesus this morning. Come on, can we do this? Yeah, some people may not have spoken to the Lord before, so I'm going to help out. I'm going to say a line of a prayer, and the whole church is going to repeat after me, but we're talking to God. Come on, is that all right? Let's do this. Say, Jesus. Come on, everyone. Say, Jesus, I thank you today. I've heard your word. And I felt your presence. I know I need you. Forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I know that you died for my sin. So I give you my life. I invite your Holy Spirit to live on the inside of me. And lead me all the days of my life. My life is not my own. I give it to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, can we celebrate these ones today? So many people getting right with Jesus. So good.
Lastly this, lastly this, and I'm going to hand back to whoever needs to be handed back to, and then you guys are going to go, somebody's going to make cook sisters and mukta. And anyway, we're like the whole afternoon's going to unravel. All right, is it right? This morning, I just feel like there's so many people who just identified with the need for an awakening inside of you. You've lost something real critical in the journey with God. And Freddie wants to know you. He wants to wants to be close to you and he wants you to lay down the things that are robbing you so here we go with every eye closed come on if you if you just know this morning that this word has been for you it's just so timely for you would you lift a hand or two in the presence of God yeah, I've got two kids and and as they were children babies anytime they would lift their hands as a father I'd know it was time for me to pick them up it was just a, a sign of I need you dad I I'm insecure I'm, I'm tired I'm need you and say this morning come on your father's going to pick you up would you lift a hand or two in this place father we give you our lives God God we, we repent of where we've made it about other things we've lost our way in pursuing the things of this world God we need you God God we can't do it without you God we lay our lives down again and so I always say we need you. Would you come, Father, and, and you be personal to us? We're sorry about where our hearts have wandered. And we put aside every other commitment, every other priority, every other pursuit. And we just be children in the presence of a Father. Remind us every day that, God, we need you. We love you, Father.